Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back. Uh, to you regulars, you know who's back. It's uh, Earl Stewart, uh, the recovering car dealer. And uh, we're a new show here on the Two Oldies channel. Uh, we're not uh, musical. We don't uh, sing. We don't dance. Uh, what we do is uh, explain to you and suggest ways that you can avoid being ripped off by your local car dealer. We're uh, talking about just not buying and leasing cars. We're talking about maintaining and repairing your car. Uh, all the things, all the uh, contacts, uh, face-to-face uh, situations you may find yourself required to do when you own a new or used car. And unfortunately, uh, over many, many years, I guess since uh, Henry Ford started uh, mass production, when you've been buying cars from car dealers, it's been a less than pleasant experience. And I say that uh, speaking for my own profession that I've been in for over 50 years. Uh, a little bit of a shame to that. I uh, would like to see things improve. In fact, that's one of my motivations for what I do is try to improve the image um, and the uh, activities, the way car dealers sell you and maintain and repair your car. A uh, little evidence, this is just my opinion, uh, the Gallup organization, the probably world-renowned polling organization, Gallup, every year since 1977 has done a poll, USA, uh, I think they should probably do it worldwide, but I've only seen the USA poll, and it's called Honesty in Ethics and Professions. It's basically you the consumer's view on professions, uh, businesses that you deal with uh, every day. And of all the professions listed, car dealers rank last or next to last in honesty and ethics. Kind of a sad statement. Now, this was since 1977. The last complete poll was last year, 2017. And once again, car dealers were next to last. And all those 40-some-odd years of polling, they have never been above third or fourth from the bottom, usually dead last. i give you two guesses uh, who is down there with the car dealers. Uh, congressman, lobbyist, down there with uh, car dealers. So this is a public service show. And I always, I always like to say that... Uh, I would never do an infomercial. I am a car dealer. I do that in full transparency. So I do have a car dealership. I've had a car dealership since, uh, since 1968. In fact, I've had multiple car dealerships, and I still have one. But this show is not about me trying to sell you something. There are car dealers that get on the air, and in fact, all businesses uh, use infomercials. It looks like an informative show, and suddenly you realize someone's trying to sell you something. <clears throat> I'm not going to try you to sell you anything. I might try to sell you my book, but then I'm going to take all the profits from my book, and I'm going to give it to charity. And my, my book is what I do on the air. It's called Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. It's available on Amazon, uh, but it's a how-to-do-it book, how to buy a car, lease a car, maintain or repair a car without being ripped off by a car dealer. So that's what this is all about. Uh, we thrive on you, the caller. This is live talk radio. Very exciting. Uh, we've been doing it for over 10 years, and uh, 
I mean, the adrenaline really gets going when we sit coming to the studio. Uh, we started out with a half an hour show, went to an hour, now we're two hours, and we're on this time slot now, 8 to 10 every Saturday on the True Oldie Station. And here's a number. I want you to write it down. You're going to hear this number lots of times. One of the reasons that we give it to you so often is not that you're, you know, have a short memory, but new people tune in, and then you tune out, and you tune back in. So the number is 877-960-9960. Now, if you'd write it down, it'd be handy because you might not have a comment or a question, suggestion, criticism now, but you might later. So make a note of it, if you would, please. 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Your questions are really what get us uh, where we are, where we can help you. Uh, we have ideas about what you'd like to know, but nothing like talking to the person that has the problem. <clears throat> so if you've been out in the car market for repair, maintenance, or some sort of maybe buying a car, thinking about buying a car, <coughs> any questions that you have, give us a call. I'm not alone in the studio, by the way. I've got uh, a team with me. Uh, to my right is uh, Rick Kearney. Now, Rick is a certified diagnostic master technician, automotive technician naturally, been in the business for over 20 years, worked for me for about that length of time, and uh, he is uh, not a mechanic, we used to call him a mechanic, time flies, and then suddenly we started calling him a technician, an auto technician, not because it sounded better, but because cars got more complicated. Now, cars are literally rolling computers. I don't know how many out there are do-it-yourselfers, but probably far fewer than there were 10 years ago or 20 or 30 years ago because it's kind of hard to do it yourself unless you're a computer technician, and that's what we call Rick Kearney. Uh, Rick is a auto computer technician, and when he fixes a car now, you know, more often than not, he plugs it in and uh, reads his computer. He might even plug it in to the manufacturer who will read their computer. And when he fixes a car, he'll download something into the car, just like you would do when you download into your computer or your smartphone. So it's really crazy. It's, uh, uh, it's complicated. And yet, you still have the same challenges when you go in to have your car maintained or repaired. And Rick is going to be here to uh, help you out with that. Now, to Rick's right is uh, Nancy Stewart. Nancy is my co-host. She's also my wife. And uh, she is not only very knowledgeable about cars and buying and leasing and repairing and maintaining, but she's also a very strong female advocate. So hashtag me too, uh, the women's movement in the 21st century. <clears throat> you can't pick up the newspaper without finding out some change, some stirring up of the pot. Uh, CEO of CBS is now being stirred in the pot, Les Moonves, and uh, tomorrow it'll be somebody else. But men need to step aside and realize that women are, are equal, or perhaps maybe a little better, and uh, they need to be treated with uh, respect and courtesy. And uh, they buy cars, and they repair their cars. So Nancy, uh, being ahead of her time, she's been talking about this for 10 years. 
you know, hashtag Me Too is a new phenomenon, but the whole idea of women being treated with courtesy and respect in car dealerships and independent repair facilities uh, is just as uh, important today, uh, more important today because people are really getting on, on top of that. Nancy? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I'm going to re correct the recovering car dealer. He said 10 years I may have been, you know, talking about all this respect for ladies. I'd say maybe it might be uh, more like 40 years. And, uh, you know, it's like as if that, uh, well, things are still changing. Uh, I wish that, uh, you know, everyone would recognize that we are in the 21st century and uh, going out there for a lady uh, to purchase a vehicle. Things should be a little bit different. They are changing, though. Uh, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to have a wonderful show a fabulous mystery shopping report and uh, a whole lot to get to back to the recovering car dealer well thank you and um, we also have a text number i think nancy just gave that out 772-497-6530 we have something interesting uh, a new uh, addition to our show and it's an anonymous way to reach us and one of the things that has always amazed me over the years i always challenge folks in the auto industry, mainly car dealers, uh, or the employees of car dealerships, even manufacturers. Um, people don't like to call in or text in on live radio. Um, I'm not sure, well, I, I, you know, people are shy. Uh, the text number is for people who really don't want to uh, be on live radio. It's, you know, big audience. We got 20,000 people out there listening to us, so <clears throat> we understand that. But we have an anonymous line now, and uh, this is the first time we've tested it on the air, and uh, it's uh, interesting. I'm going to give you that. It's uh, pretty simple to remember. www.youranonymousfeedback.com www.youranonymousfeedback.com anonymousfeedback.com brand new now is it really anonymous it really is we looked uh, all over before we came up with something that was really foolproof and this is the same uh, web service that is being used by Tesla and Adobe and a lot of really really big companies big companies like to hear the unexpurgated honest truth. In fact, smart companies like to hear really what people have to say. Some people are shy. Some people are embarrassed. Uh, I guess some people, I don't know, maybe people just want to say nasty things, uh, which that's going to happen. So if you want to say something nasty about me or Rick or Nancy or Earl Stewart on Cars or anybody you want to, you can do that and nobody will ever know. We'd prefer to have honest, creative uh, informative criticism or anything that you want to say, but if you want to say something bad, you can get away with it. Uh, our website again is uh, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now, I think I have a text here. We're operating short of Stu Stewart, my son, who was our cyber guy. He's out on vacation. But uh, I'm getting these fielded to me by Jonathan Cantor, 
who is our uh, control room uh, cyber guy. Thanks to Jonathan. Yes. Good guy. Uh, This was sent last Monday. Uh, Good morning. This is a text. My question is, if you lease an automobile and die, can the family just return it to the dealer? And that would be the end of it. Thank you. Uh, This is Frank asking a question. Frank, uh, boy, it's a it's a serious question. It's a it's a sad question. It's a it's a very good question. And unfortunately, as I say, I'm an active car dealer now. And unfortunately, I have to have that question asked to me by my customers. Uh, people lease cars, and older people lease cars, even younger people. But some people die. Unfortunately, when you die, and you have a car lease, you have a contractual agreement, even after you're dead because your estate has that contractual agreement. And your estate inherits the debt. And when you sign on the dotted line for a lease, you have obligated yourself. And if you pass your estate for all the payments, 36 month lease, 36 payments, 48 months, 72 months, whatever the number of payments on that lease you are obligated for. Plus, you're obligated for all the other things that lessees are obligated for, above air, uh, normal wear and tear, Excess mileage charges is sad. You should really think about this when you lease a car. Because it's not just if you die, it's if you can't drive your car anymore. Or if you don't want to drive your car anymore. You might have a disability, you might have problems with your vision, uh, or whatever. Disabled to the point where you can't drive, you still are obligated for that full debt. So think about that anytime you lease a car. Uh, particularly if you're, you know, if you're a little older. Uh, I'm 77 years old. I would think twice before I leased a car. You don't want to have to pass this debt obligation along to your estate. So thank you very much for that text and for that call. And you can call us 877-960-9960 and text us, as we said, 772-497-6530. And our new Hot off the press, never been done before, anonymous, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. So uh, I have to use a password to get into that, and so we'll be a little bit slow perhaps in getting back to those. And uh, without Stu Stewart, my uh, cyber partner here to help me, uh, we're going to have to struggle a little bit with that, but we'll do the very best we can. Now, uh, Moving along a little bit here because we haven't had any calls, and I would love to have some calls, and I'm going to give you that. Nancy. I have a uh, text from a young lady who is inquiring about extended warranties, Ah. and she wants to know when it's necessary, if it's necessary at all, whether she's buying a new car or a used car. Well. My, excuse me for a moment before you answer that, my first question is always, what doesn't the extended warranty cover? Lots of Your thoughts? Well, that's a good follow-up question. Um, extended warranties um, are also called extended service contracts, and you probably can't buy a car today without try- somebody trying to sell you one. Uh, they're, very po- they're very profitable to the seller, being an insurance company or a dealer. So my first comment on extended warranties is find out, is this an extended warranty that is being serviced and sold by the manufacturer through the dealer or is it a warranty that was designed by the dealer 
and sold to you by the dealer. <clears throat> Typically, the warranties that are sold by the dealer uh, are not as comprehensive, and they're usually higher priced. The ones by the manufacturer are usually fairly priced, more comprehensive. Nancy's point very well taken. When you are considering buying an extended warranty, you should be more concerned with what is not covered than what is covered. They always tell you what's covered, and they can cover a litany of items, a lot of parts on a car. But uh, I'm going to interrupt myself, and I'm going to continue with that answer because we, we have a caller. Yeah, we have uh, John is holding from Palm City. He is a regular caller. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Good morning, and uh, Stu is not there. He deserves a vacation. Yes. Just want to <laughs> mention something, a concern to a lot of callers that have cars that are over 10 years, and we know the manufacturer does not have to supply parts for those cars, but there many of them exist. The biggest one probably is trucks, mainly Ford and Chevrolet. Well, there is great hope. People don't notice. There is, and not only that, it's 12 makes of cars. The, one of the biggest firms in the United States, you can get a free catalog from them. It's called National Parts Depot. Hmm. Just to give you an idea, for the Ford F-Series, they have two catalogs. They have one from 1948 to 79, and another one from 1980 to 1996. The Chevy trucks cover 1947 to 1998. They even have four walk-in locations. Their headquarters is here in Ocala. They're in Florida, wow. Michigan, North Carolina, and California. But a tremendous nationwide. You can call for a free catalog, 800-874-7595. And there's 12 makes of cars involved. I won't give you the whole listing. I mean, as much as Chevelles, Firebirds, Mustangs, Cougars, Camaros, it's unbelievable. Even Broncos, and uh, it's a fantastic firm. Uh, Rick will probably tell you more. I'm sure he's probably had ordered parts, but this takes care of a lot of, you know, there's obsolete cars that are around. You don't see any more Pontiacs, Oldsmobiles, mm -hmm. Saturns. One of the main reasons, not that there were such bad cars, but there's absolutely no parts available for them. So this, but especially for the people with trucks, which is so needed here, like where I'm, I'm in Palm City West over here, almost every tree farm and every nursery has a truck, and a lot of them, I spoke to them in a, in a diner, they don't really know where to get the parts for them. So this will solve a lot of problems for people. Again, 800-874-7595, National Parts Depot. John, do they have any imports on there? You mentioned mainly American domestic uh, brands. Are there any... Uh Imports at all? Not to my knowledge. Mm -hmm. Not to, but there are special companies like for MG and uh, some, uh, you know, uh, foreigns uh, that you could that have catalogs out also. Yeah, but well, this is probably the biggest one with 12 makes of American cars, and it's a reliable firm. Rick will testify to that, I'm sure. But that's a nice span, like on the F series from 48 to 96, that, and the trucks is 47 to 1998 and it's fantastic just to look through the catalog it's uh, you know it's unbelievable you know in, in our days i'm two years older than earl but there used to be a lot of parts that you used to buy mainly accessories 
if you remember the company. I think they're still in business today, J.C. Whitney. Oh, yeah, I forgot Everybody about used to like to see their catalog. John, are these all so new parts? This catalog or? is body parts, mechanical parts. One other thing, too. Um, a guy with a 65 Ford truck, F-150, didn't know about them, and he went to the local, there's two of them here in Stewart, Napa, and he needed, I think, was a starting motor, and believe it or not, Napa got it from him one day. So oh. that's a try that people can also make, too, on cars that are over 10 years. John, are these so used parts? Or are these used parts, or they have new parts uh, remanufactured? Well, if the starter was rebuilt, mm -hmm. you know, with a guarantee, he had to give him the old one, and naturally, what else? You look at it, and where is it? <laughs> where is it rebuilt? It said China. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But he was just glad to get it that he could get it over the counter. And uh, and one day, they said the truck for Napa to this area comes up every day from Miami uh, with a delivery from their main warehouse. Rick, so, uh, you deal with this. I wanted to mention to people that there is great hope for them for vehicles that are more than 10 years. Yeah. Rick, uh You've told us about this 10-year limit, and I think in the past you've reminded us that even after 10 years, they have to keep building. They have to build the parts up to the very last day that they offer the car for sale. So, And then you have that pipeline of parts coming in and dealer inventories. So even though 10 years is a shutoff, chances are in 15 years you probably still have some parts in the pipeline that would be available. But... What's your experience with older cars? Uh, have you ever really struck out entirely? Just like we just can't find a part. Every so often, that does happen. Uh, and believe it or not, it's usually computerized items, uh, the engine control computers, yeah. um, different actuators. But it's usually electronic items because, um, especially you know, with us, we're we're more in imports, Toyota, and. We don't really have the following that the cars like John just mentioned have. Those vehicles that he mentioned, they have, uh, for want of a better word, they have a following, a flock of people that simply will not give them up. There is a reason why the Ford F-Series pickup is one of the best-selling vehicles ever. And it's simply because they are... Ford trucks are, are good trucks, and they will last forever. And sometimes finding the parts can be kind of tricky, but like John says, these different companies are making reproduce, uh, reproduction parts. Um, they're finding other places that will gear up for them. They buy out warehouse supplies of what's called new old stock parts. In other words, these are parts that are brand new from the factory, but the dealer just sold them off because nobody really needed them that much anymore. And these companies will buy them and just let them sit in a warehouse until somebody does need them. So every so often, you can still find those parts you need. But sometimes you do have to wind up in a junkyard looking for them. Yeah, John, I really appreciate you calling in with that number. That'll be very helpful, especially the people that are collectors. I know there's some uh, people out there that have old cars. You know, the nice thing about uh, uh, 21st century and Google is that you can find just about anything. I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't go on to Google and say 1946 uh, Chevrolet whatever uh, clutch assembly, and they would probably be somebody out there with information on it. Oh, companies like well, Year One and uh, Rock Auto, they're, they're all over, and good parts at a good price. 
Well, let's just, especially on Fords and Chevy trucks, uh, it's a living to a lot of people, and let's just keep on run, keep them running. And there was a Ford and Chevy both on their ads on TV lately show, you know, older, like, Chevy truck that people hold on to, and then for generations they give it to their kids and grandchildren. Yep. So it's, it's interesting about this National Parts Depot. Great call, John. You, uh, as usual, uh, tell us something we don't know. And if I don't know it, I've been in the business 50 years. That's very helpful to a lot of folks out there. Uh, please call again, and thanks very much for that information. Thank you, guys, for being there. Thank you, John. Uh, that number that John gave us was 800-874-7595, and that's the National Parts Depot. Great information. And uh, while I'm thinking about it, a heads up to our, our listeners. Um, if you're unable to listen to our live show or you want to listen to any of our past shows, um, you can always go to Earl Stewart on Cars podcast on your smartphone or your tablet, and uh, you can uh, use it, and uh, the following podcasts are available, Apple, Sound, Google, Stitcher, so uh, keep all that in mind, and uh, it's uh, a great opportunity for you to listen to the show, or, as I said, any of our past shows. Uh, We have a great mystery shopping report coming up from Carl's Buick GMC in uh, Stewart, I believe, that's Stewart, Florida. And ladies, uh, the first two new lady callers, you can win yourself $50 this morning. So give us a call with your questions or your comments, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. We were talking about extended warranties when we had the call from John of Palm City, and uh, I got up to the point where... I was saying that extended warranties have to be most favorably from the manufacturer. If it's a, if a car dealer's extended warranty, you have to be very careful. You also have to be very careful when you're buying an extended warranty to find out what it does not cover. Usually, it does not cover the most expensive components on the car, and that is the real gotcha. Uh, one of the uh, one of the deceptions that car dealers perpetrate is the powertrain warranties which cover only the lubricated portions of the car i think it's about generally accurate isn't it rick yep. you're talking about <clears throat> your axle and your you know, drive shaft and the engine block and anything that is lubricated and the exclusion on the warranty is the fact that if you don't lubricate it regularly the warranty is null and void and there's a lot of exceptions to whether or not they will pay if there's one thing that probably won't fail on a car if you maintain your car regularly it's the powertrain so when you get a lifetime powertrain warranty or when you pay for a powertrain limited warranty you're really not getting very much what is going to fail are the computer modules on your car and as i said earlier in the show cars today are computers so it won't pay for the computers uh, that's 90% of the problems you're going to have with a car. Air conditioning is another uh, very expensive component on your car. And if you, if your warranty, extended warranty, does not cover the air conditioner, you can forget about it. Rick? One other item I've seen a lot of that aren't covered by most of these extended warranties are door lock actuators. Hmm. Hmm. But be- they're uh, electronic, they're computer controlled, but they're moving so they wear, tend to wear out and break down, 
and believe it or not most of them are not covered and those can be a couple hundred dollars or more installed yeah well the extended warranty uh is extremely profitable to the dealer you typically are, are solicited for that after you buy the car and if you're buying a good car if you've done your homework if you've gone to consumer reports and you found out something that has high reliability low maintenance cost uh, you get all that information uh, from consumer reports or other sources of information but if you're buying a reliable car you really don't need to invest in an extended warranty uh, i look at it this way insurance companies make a ton of money warren buffett made his fortunes mainly from insurance companies uh, it's the premiums far uh, outweigh the payments in terms of repairs so if you are not going to be financially hurt if you have to repair your car then go ahead and insure it yourself if if you have to pay a hundred dollars a month or fifty dollars a month toward a premium you could put it in the bank earn interest on it or even invest it in the stock market and if you have a problem take it out of the bank and fix it yourself but i would hesitate to recommend extended warranties on a reliable car if you're buying an unreliable car that's a different story but uh, you still want to be sure you know what the warranty does not cover and you want to buy a manufacturer's warranty not one from a dealer that he created for his own pocket if you absolutely positively have to have that fiat <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i shouldn't do that <laughs> exactly. Don't oh. pick on the Fiat. <laughs> yeah, most cars well, today, by the way, Jeep. the Fiat is an exception. But if you look at consumer reports, they'll tell you we're not picking on them. Um, Jeep is another very popular car that has a high maintenance cost and repair cost. Very popular, but uh, Chrysler Corporation wouldn't be alive today if it for Jeep. Seventy percent of their profit comes from Jeep. So if you want to buy a Jeep, fine. I'd recommend you buy an extended warranty from the yep. manufacturer if I bought a Jeep. That's a good point. And a Fiat, of course. But but look at the number of people that love those Jeeps. And I, you got to admit, when you see those Jeeps running down the road, they look like so much fun to drive. Those things are awesome. Exactly. Oh. Make sure that you're educated on those extended warranties, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it can, you know, you can fall into a scam and uh, they can be pretty costly. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. A reminder to the ladies, the first two new lady callers, $50. Give us a call. Back to the recovering car dealer. And I'm going to give that number out again because uh, we're not getting as many calls as we should. Uh, and as Nancy just reminded you, we love the female callers. That's the reason we're going to pay you 50 bucks if you haven't called the show before and you're female. We want to hear the female point of view. Uh, visiting car dealerships for repairs, maintenance, buying or leasing. Love to hear your experiences, positive and if it's negative, we'd like to hear that too. 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Ninety-nine sixty, and our new uh, anonymous line, the anonymous hotline. You can go to a website. It's a link, and it's real simple to remember. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Y o u r anonymous a n o n y m o u s feedback 
F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K.com. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Car dealers, car dealership employees, manufacturers, anybody out there. You want to threaten me? You want to compliment me? You want to be anonymous, guaranteed anonymity? This is the same web service that's used by Tesla and Adobe and the National uh, Radio NSA. No, what is it? NR. What is it? National. Oh, public. Uh, public broadcast. NPR. N- yeah, National pu- public, public Radio. Exactly. National Public Radio. So it's a really respectable, guaranteed. You can't be found out anonymous. You're anonymous. Feedback.com. Tell us what you want to say, and we'll never know who it was. But we'd rather know who you are. Yeah. 877-960-9960. That'd be very interesting uh, if you decide to let us know who you are. And, uh, again, I'm going to remind the ladies, first two new lady callers, $50 for you. So give us a call. I'm going to repeat that number again, 877-960-9960. Or if you have any questions, you can give us a text at 772-497-6530. And as I said earlier, we have a great mystery shopping report coming up from Carl's Buick GMC. And uh, that was uh, out of Stewart. So you can stay tuned for all the excitement and information right here at Earl Stewart on Cars. Back to the recovering car dealer. We've got a couple of texts here. Thank you very much for you texters. Um, text from uh, Florence didn't need to remain anonymous from Royal Palm Beach Uh, you mentioned this last week but what are the car items most impacted by Florida weather and I know Rick was talking about that last week and boy does that impact we see it uh, largely with our seasonal customers because in addition to the Florida weather and you can see what we've got now with this high heat and humidity uh, let's get, let's get to that after we take Pamela's call. We have a first-time caller, female caller. Good morning, Pamela. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? We're doing well, you Pamela. Will, you got me out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I might be a little <laughs> about this, after I I'm listening to you and I'm going. Well, maybe I should not get that warranty on my, my uh, car. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a great question? Yeah, I was in here going, hmm, I'm getting all these warranty things because I have a 2013 Mercedes E350. Mm-hmm. And, and supposedly they, you know, the, just uh, expired the manufacturers after 60,000 miles. Uh-huh. And I'm deciding whether or not I should try to get another warranty on it. Okay, well, like, before we go on, I want to I want to tell you that you won yourself $50 and if you uh, after you <clears throat> after we discuss uh, the uh, warranty with you. If you'll stay on the line, you can give us your information, and I'll mail that out to you. Family, okay, great. Pamela, uh-huh. your comment was really, uh, I, I should have mentioned this. This is the reason I love Live Talk Radio, because my listeners call in and remind me of things that I should have said. <clears throat> when I'm talking about extended warranties, one of the biggest scams are the solicitations. Every state in the Department of Motor Vehicles has a list of all the cars that Uh were bought, new and used. And so they know when you bought that Mercedes, and they know the Mercedes warranty, and they know when you were probably out of warranty based on time, and they estimate the mileage. And suddenly you start getting these direct mails, emails, uh, all sorts of solicitations from these scam companies. 
No, you get a lot of them out of Nevada. They seem to have fewer controls there yeah, than a lot of states. Exactly right. And they and they try to make it appear this is a notice from the manufacturer. It scares you a little bit. Say warning: your car is out of warranty or will be out of warranty, and we've got this great warranty. Call this number, et cetera, et cetera. These are usually the worst and least comprehensive warranties and the most expensive. So, <clears throat> rule of thumb. Ignore any solicitation on an extended warranty, whether it's direct mail or email, telephone or otherwise. Ignore them. They are 99.9% of the times absolutely worthless. Right. I'm getting a lot of them in the mail. Yeah. And the manufacturers don't do this, Pamela. You will never get a solicitation from an auto manufacturer uh, as to an extended warranty. It's always from a third-party company that's out there to make a, a few bucks, and uh, more than a few bucks. Uh, in fact, in fact, it's uh, some of these warranties are a couple thousand dollars. Actual value would be worth virtually nothing. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm glad I listened to your show. I was lying <laughs> in bed. My alarm went off. I'm listening to everything. I'm saying, you know, maybe I'll tear up those letters and throw them away that I keep on getting. There you go. Well, you, you can you can mail me some if you love her. Or, yeah, or, we'd or love to have e, you mail them. E-fax it, or, uh, e it, email it, or uh, scan it and mail it to me, or whatever you want to do. I love to collect those. Really? And uh, yeah, I keep those. And uh, occasionally, when we get somebody that's crossed the line, we'll notify the attorney general or the regulators. Uh, usually, they're pretty careful. Uh, they have all the disclosure in the fine print that you need a magnifying glass to read. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. if you if you wouldn't mind uh, sending me a copy of those, it'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I can send them copies. I'm getting them in the mail. Yeah, and Pamela, you know, these uh, these mailers are so deceiving. Uh, some of them are just so dishonest, and uh, you know, it, it's the way uh, it's a way of uh, the dealers getting you into their dealership. And once you're there, boy, I'll tell you what, anything could happen. So uh, these uh, the advertisements that are out there, the mailers that are out there, uh, sometimes they're accurate, and most of the time they're not so i thank you for the phone call and uh sure yeah, no problem you woke me up this morning <laughs> <laughs> well i hope we wake you up again next saturday we'd love to hear from you <laughs> okay sure sounds great okay pamela have a great weekend thanks a lot we're going to go to our next first time female caller i believe no, she's not a first-time caller, uh, but we'll take the call anyway. Good morning, Karen. Karen, can you hear us? Yes, I'm here. Oh, Hi, good. Karen. How are you? Good, Nancy. How are you? We're good doing, morning, Mr. Earl. We're doing great. I, I am not a, not a first-time caller. You all were very good answering my first question when I called last time. Um I do have an extended warranty on my 2005 Camry, and you all are the ones that maintain it. It's been great. We've had a few problems, but you've ironed them out. I want to know, what do you do after your extended warranty is up? Well, Karen, uh, you bought a good car. Uh, the Toyota Camry is one of the uh, recommended cars from Consumer Reports. And if you've maintained your car properly, in other words, if you've taken it in for all the factory recommended maintenance, uh, I wouldn't extend that warranty. I mean, you can always buy an extension on a warranty. There's always somebody that will sell you an extended warranty. But uh, you got a good car, <clears throat> you take care of it, and 
the money that you're going to be paying on premiums for an extended warranty is more than probably what you're going to have to pay. Now, whenever I say that, there are always exceptions. And there are people out there that feel better when they have the insurance of never having to pay for a repair. Um, by the way, most extended warranties do not cover everything. When they say to you, this is a bumper-to-bumper -bumper warranty, they're not being honest. Even the manufacturer's bumper-to-bumper -bumper warranty is not truly bumper-to-bumper. -bumper. So um, if it's peace of mind you're after and you like to sleep better at night because you know you have that insurance, I mean, <clears throat> that's the reason a lot of people buy insurance. Not that they can't afford to make the repair, whether it's home insurance or health insurance. They may be able to afford it, but they like to know that they're not going to have to come out of pocket. Um, but if you want to be practical about it, the premiums you're going to pay 99% of the time are going, to ex are going to exceed any kind of a reimbursement you're going to get from repairs on that warranty. Okay. All right. I'll, and um, you said that, I think on one of your other shows, you were saying that the best time to buy a car would be at the end of the year? If I said that, uh, <clears throat> I misspoke. Um, there are cases at the end of a, the year, model year, and usually at the end of every model year, like we're right now at the end of a model year and getting there closer, um, large discounts are given on that current model. Um, the fact is that you're often better off to buy the new model. If you do your homework, if you shop and compare prices, if you use the Costco auto buying service, if you use truecar.com, if you get three competitive bids and, 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 and compare apples and apples with the exact same year breaking model, the 2019 model, we're in the 2018 model year, the 2019 model, when they come out, well, you can probably buy for close to the uh, same price as you could a 2018 model in spite of the discounts and then you don't experience that huge depreciation when you buy a t brand new 2018 let's say in November of this year you buy that 2018 and the 2019s are also out the depreciation on that 2018 will overcome and outweigh the savings from the discount on the 2018. Rick has got a point. I wonder if she means the end of the calendar year, like waiting till the last week in December and being ready to pounce when a dealership is trying to get those last few cars in sold so they get their big bonuses. Well, that's a good point, Rick. Is that what you were saying, uh, Karen? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At the end because of the because if my <clears throat> if my warranty is going to run out in 2019, yeah. I might it might serve me better to just buy a new car. Yeah. And get the and get the warranty that comes with the car. And yes, I was thinking about the end of the year. Yes. Yeah. The, the 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 normal December type of year. Yeah. The end of the year or the end of the month uh, is always a good time because of the incentives. Uh, dealers are desperate. Manufacturers desperate. Uh, uh, the end of the year uh, is also a time when they're pushing the last year's model car. They're really trying to clean out the 2018. So December 31st and January 1st and toward the end of the December, there's a huge volume of sales, mainly of last year's model. So if you're going to wait till the end of the year, buy the current model. Don't buy last year's model, which is going to be the 2018. 
Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Y'all have a great day. Well, thank, thank you, you Karen. Karen. Look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, we are going to go straight to Sherry, and Sherry is a first-time caller. Uh, we're going to skip Sherry. I think we and lost we're Sherry. Gonna go, uh, uh, we're going to go to Bob, who's calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bob. How is everyone today? Wonderful. I'm, I'm glad you're on the topic of warranties, because I, I did want to call about that. I wanted to ask you a question. Uh-huh. Uh, before I do that, I'd like to say that uh, I'm going to disagree with you on the extended warranty. I think most people, if they're going to keep their car beyond the original warranty and they live in South Florida <clears throat> with all the electronic devices and modules that are in these cars and sensors, uh, the humidity does a number on those things, and over time they all break, and they're very expensive to repair. So that, that's the reason why I always buy the manufacturer's extended warranty if I'm going to keep my car mm-hmm. uh, beyond the original warranty. Mm-hmm. Now, the original warranty is the original why I wanted to call. And I wanted to ask you, uh, some uh, manufacturers, they all have different uh, lengths on the original warranty. It used to be the standard was uh, 336 mm-hmm. on most of them. I know General Motors, the Cadillacs were always four years, and I think 450 and eventually they changed the Buick C50 also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Hyundai came out with uh, a five-year warranty. And now Volkswagen has come out with a six-year warranty, original warranty on when you buy the car. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if uh, this is something that you should consider when you're buying the vehicle, or is it already uh, factored into the price of the car, so you're really not saving any money by getting the... Uh, that has a six-year versus a three-year warranty? Bob, uh, it's a good question. Uh, uh, the Sometimes the longer extended, the longer manufacturer's warranties are put on because the manufacturer is trying to incentivize you to buy a car. Oftentimes when a new vehicle is introduced in the United States, I remember Yugo, uh, one of the worst cars ever made, had a great warranty. Uh, I think it was five years, 100,000 miles. They had to do that because the car was so bad and people knew it that if the manufacturer wasn't going to fix it, they wouldn't buy it. Uh, Hyundai, when they first came, uh, had, and they, I believe Hyundai still does have <coughs> a relatively long warranty. Uh, Hyundai was a bad quality car when it first came to the country, and now it's a pretty good car. Kia is the same way. Uh, some of the better quality cars have shorter warranties. Why? Because they have the quality reputation and the popularity. People recognize that they are good quality cars and they're not so concerned about the the, the warranty. Uh, my opinion, and uh, manufacturers don't care, I, I'm a Toyota dealer in full transparency. I've been a Toyota dealer for almost 50 years. Uh, the uh, I've said to Toyota many, many times, you, you build a great car, high-quality car. They don't break as often. You don't have to repair them as much. Why don't you have a better warranty? I mean, three years, 36,000 miles, you could make that five years, uh, 75,000 miles. How much would it cost you? And their answer is pretty much, why should we? We build a quality car. We're selling a lot of cars. We're selling more than anybody else. Um, and so they just don't do it. Um, I think they'd sell more. Well, I, th- I, I think that uh, Volkswagen, 
uh, they did. They came out with the six year because of the admission scandal that they had yeah. when they were uh, dummying up the uh, software <laughs> on their diesel cars, and yeah. they lost a lot of customers. And they, uh, matter of fact, the head of Audi in Germany, he went to jail. Yeah. So you know they came out with this this to incentive yeah. give people an incentive to come back. Exactly. Uh, they came out with six years on the Volkswagen. Yes. So I think that's why they did it. But I thought that was pretty, you know, six years is, that's twice as long as the standard 336. Yeah, that was and, a... Uh, uh, I was just curious if they just, if, they, if that cost of them doing that is just put into the price of a car. Well, it should be, uh, Bob, and it, it is for most manufacturers. Now, when you have a desperate situation like Volkswagen, that, that was... Uh, one of the most amazing things I've seen. I've been in the business 50 years. I've never seen uh, such a bad situation. I've never seen uh, manufacturers just flat lie about what they were doing. It wasn't the fact that they were selling cars with emissions that were illegal. It's the fact that they had premeditatively designed a system to lie to the Environmental Protection Agency testing that detected, I mean, it was it, it's like a spy mystery that they would actually be that deceptive to do it. So they got caught with their pants down, and they had to do something. Um, I don't believe it's probably priced in. I think they did it out of desperation. Eventually, everything is priced in uh, to a company. I mean, if, if this company survives, they have to price everything in in order to survive. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Volkswagen situation is truly unique. Volkswagen builds a great car, a high-quality car, a good-performing car. Why they resorted to this sort of deception, uh, ironically, during the, uh, the middle of all this, we kept checking Volkswagen sales, and uh, the car buyers, the Volkswagen buyers, just kept on buying. They didn't care that they were you know, lying, cheating, and, and doing all this with the, uh, with the emissions. And, they, and the sales never seemed to suffer. What did suffer were the huge fines that they got uh, hit with. And the, what did, <laughs> did hurt were when they started putting Volkswagen executives in jail, which they deserved. I was very happy to see that because, you know, a billion dollars to Volkswagen is chump change. When you put the CEO in the slammer, that gets everybody's attention. Right, right. Now, I wanted to ask you about TSBs, and uh, why is it that the uh, dealerships and the manufacturers never show the customers the TSBs? Money. <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't want you to know about the technical service bulletin because you'll come in and get your car repaired, and they won't be able to get paid for it. Uh, it's, it's interesting what they do is the technical service bulletin and uh, is sent to the dealer. The dealer is given a heads up, and the dealers are told, now, if a customer comes into the service drive, don't tell them about the technical service bulletin. If the customer complains about the particular issue that the technical service bulletin addresses, then you can tell them about, about the technical service bulletin. But if a, deal, a dealer can be reprimanded and uh, penalized, 
if he advises his customers, for example, by email or even verbally, hey, if you have a, a problem with your uh, steering pulling to the right, or if you have a problem with a noise here, or have a problem with your electric window, or whatever, whatever the issue addressed by the technical service bulletin is, if you notify publicly your customers, uh, they will penalize you. I mean, sometimes seriously. So that's the reason that they're secret. But the good news is, Bob, you can go online and God bless Google and the whole internet situation today. If you have an issue, you go online, you describe the year make model of your car, the exact name of the uh, the problem, describe the problem, and you'll find a chat room and you'll even see the technical service bulletins. Rick has a point. Yeah, it, TSBs were actually, they were a great idea when they first came up with it because it was meant to let the manufacturer tell technicians out in the field, hey, if you see this issue, look at this part. And as cars got more and more complicated, they, they really became a godsend for us technicians because they sped up our diagnostic process and made it easier to find the problem, solve it, and get the car back to the customer. Then it reached a point where technicians were, well, the car doesn't have this problem, but I'm going to do it anyways because the manufacturer says I can get paid to do this job and it's pretty straightforward and it pays me decent money, so I'm going to do it. And that was when that ball all started getting rolling in the wrong direction. But yeah, pretty much all technical service bulletins for all manufacturers, by the time they send that out onto the the internet portion for the technicians to access within a day's time those TSBs are available on the general internet for the public and you can pretty much like Earl said Google the year and model of your car and just put technical service bulletins and you'll find a list of them that reference your car even for things that you may not have noticed that you had an issue with right but most most people don't my whole point is it, 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 they've all these years they've kept that a secret from the from the from the from the public. Exactly. Most people. I had a situation uh, where I had uh, my father had bought a car, Cadillac Deville, and it, and we had it was losing oil, and they serviced this car over. It was originally schoolies, and later became Auto Nation. They serviced that car for seven years with the extended warranty, and they always found every other excuse to say why the oil was coming out of the car, mm -hmm. and then after. The, I mean, it was, and that car had no mileage on it. It had like 14,000 miles. They would fix a gasket or something. And then after the, then it was losing two quarts of oil every every other week. And I went in and there was service and for, oh, that's normal for this engine. I said, no, nah, the car's only got 19,000 miles on it. Can't be. So then I went online and I did what you said. I went and I found it. I found they had the technical service bulletin on this car. They were having that problem with that motor for over. <laughs> Eight and eight years on that North Star engine, <laughs> well, and what it was was the oil was leaking through the, uh, the valves uh -huh. and the valve guards, and they were told that the, the, either the, those cylinder heads had to be cleaned out or the valve guards had to be replaced, one or the other. Now they had that information yeah. available to them, and, and they never did it. They kept doing all these other things, and then the car had just been out of warranty for a few months. So uh, they're telling me they wanted $3,500 to, to do the job. And I said, I'm not going to give you $3,500. Yeah. You've known about this problem. Yeah. I had the printout of the uh, TSB. I showed it to them. And they said, well, you can call uh, you can call General Motors. 
which I did. And because my father had always bought Cadillacs, this was like his 12th Cadillac that he bought. So they, so General Motors says, okay, we'll pay for half. So, you know, it was all, they wanted over $3,000 to do the job. So they said, do you have to discuss with the dealership, you know, the other part of the uh, service? So I went down there and I met with the service manager and the GM, and, and they said, well, you know, you own the car, it's your problem. And I says, look, you had this car for seven years under warranty. You serviced it. It's, been, it's had this problem for a long time. You kept doing all these other things. This bulletin was available to you. It's been, it, they've had this problem for eight or nine years, and it plainly tells you what, how to fix it. And you never did it. <laughs> the service advisor never showed it to me. The mechanic never even looked it up. And uh, so I had a, you know, I had a pull teeth over there, and they finally agreed to do it uh, for five hundred dollars deductible. So I, it cost me five hundred, but uh, not three thousand over three thousand. The thing is, these technical service bulletins have always been kept a secret from oh, people, yeah. and they don't have a talk. You know, no. I mean, you know about them because you're in the business, and yeah. I I know about them because of the experience I've had with automobiles. But I would say the general public. Probably 75% to 80% of the people that own vehicles are un unaware of these bulletins that go directly from the manufacturer to the dealership and are never, are never presented to anyone. Well, that, and I always, always thought that was, that was odd. But like you said, the Internet is a wonderful thing. You just have to realize that uh, that is there and it's available for you to use it. You know, otherwise, it doesn't you know, serve its purpose. You're exactly right, and you hit on one of the dirty little secrets of the uh, auto industry. Uh, in this case here, AutoNation Cadillac, Schooley Cadillac, previous. Uh, I don't think they were deliberately concealing the technical service bulletin. I think they just didn't know they had it. Uh, there are so many of these technical service bulletins. That this is a manufacturer dirty little secret. The manufacturers, they call them secret warranties. Uh, if they, or, or it's a secret recall. If they have a def product defect and they go and they do a recall, then they have to notify the world. The NHTSA and everybody gets notified. The cars come pouring in. They got to fix it. They got to pay the dealer to fix it. Cost them millions of dollars. If they do a technical service bulletin, it's kind of a CYA. They do the, they, they shoot the bulletin out, and there's like it's like shotgun in these technical service bulletins. They come pouring into car dealerships. Used to be in the mail. Now it's email, and the service manager or the shop foreman or whoever they got a huge stack of these technical service bulletins. There's not a week goes by when you don't get a whole lot of these technical service bulletins. So anytime a manufacturer finds out a problem with the car, they send this out. It covers them legally because they did notify their dealers. The problem is the dealer didn't read it and the customer doesn't know about it. So the customer ends up having to pay for it anyway. But the good news is, <laughs> to the, right, the manufacturer doesn't have to pay for it, and that's what they care about. But there should be a congressional investigation on technical service bulletins. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, and so one of the other things, because you're always talking about, you know, uh, when people come into a dealership, especially women, how they always get sh uh, short served on these deals mm -hmm. because, you know, it's a male-dominated industry. They also take advantage of the elderly. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when, I, when I was shopping for the car for my father, you know, for this DeVille that he bought, you know, I could tell you stories about how they were trying, you know, as soon as they see somebody walking in there that is in their 80s, right away the cash register is ringing up. Yep. 
Yeah, it's uh, so you know. They, I, I'm surprised no one has come up with a uh, a service uh, so uh, someone that's older uh, could ha- have somebody go with them as like a surrogate to help them for a small fee to help them through the buying process. You know, I think that would be a great niche for someone to open up that type of a service. That is uh, older, because especially down here, but all down here the population is yeah. is I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are, but wouldn't you say it's uh, it's it's towards uh, the aged? Oh, certainly. Yeah, South Florida, uh, the average uh, age is probably 10, 15 years long, greater than the rest of the country. Uh, we also have a lot of uh, uh, people that are have immigrated to this country from uh, Haiti and uh, South America, Cuba. Uh, we have a lot of. Uh, uh, non-English speaking, at least people whose English is not their first language. So you have a lot of elderly, you have the people that are language impaired, so to speak, because they're dealing in an English speaking country. Uh, you go in to buy a car. How would you like to be in Haiti trying to buy a car and having a salesman talk to you in Creole or be in uh, Chile and have somebody speaking to you in Spanish and you don't speak Spanish? So we have a lot of people that are victimized in South Florida because uh, because they're easy targets. It, it is a shame, and that's one of the reasons why this show exists. And uh, I can't thank you enough, Bob, for... Uh, bringing up this uh, technical service bulletin issue. I should have brought that up a long time ago. It's always been one of my pet peeves. And uh, I, uh, I can't, my own customers, because I am a car dealer, <clears throat> will, call, will call me about an issue. And I'll find sometimes in my own service department, one of my service advisors was not aware that there was a technical service bulletin. So uh, the, f- the fact that we have to call our own service department attention to the fact that there is a fix on this. The other the other thing that's bad about the technical service bulletins is there's usually a time limit put on it. So they put uh, for 30 days, 90 days, one year, whatever the manufacturer decides. And if you have a car that is three days out of that, technically they don't have to fix the car. If you lean on the manufacturer, we find they will typically stretch it a little bit. They call that goodwill. But it is a dirty oh, little secret. I, that, now, that's something I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. So you're saying that they actually can expire? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're usually based on the warranty period of the car, the three-year 36 or five-year 60 or mm-hmm. whatever the warranty is. Exactly, yeah. So at any rate, uh, in other words, they're widening the warranty to cover something. and uh, uh, But you, you can... Pound on the desk. You can call the 800 number of the manufacturer. You can go to the dealer, or you can go to hopefully the service director or service manager. And if you make enough noise, oftentimes they will stretch not only on warranty but on technical service bulletins. If you're not, you know, 10 years out, if you're a few. Well, what happens? What happens with that issue? What happens if you have a three-year, thirty-six thousand mile warranty, original uh-huh. warranty on your vehicle, right? And the TSB doesn't come out until right before that war- original warranty is going to expire. You're telling me if, you, if you're a week or two out of uh, the original warranty and you come across this bulletin and you've been having a problem with the car, that they're not going to fix it? Well, they'll, they'll have technical service bullets after warranty, too. So there is, they will have time limits on fix. Uh, Rick, you had a point? Yeah, because believe it or not, that actually happened to me. When I bought my brand new Tacoma in 2013, uh, I right. had to go on a road trip to Orlando, 
and it had this weird buzzing whistling noise at highway speeds and for three years i kept trying to figure this out just playing around little bits at a time when it would annoy me and finally they came out with a technical service bulletin saying that the door gaskets were redesigned to solve that problem but my truck was already out of warranty because i had driven too many miles and i wound up i i basically i just got goodwill to cover the gaskets and then installed them myself but yeah it it does happen that so way. here's here's an employee of a toyota dealership works in the service department talks to all the other techs talks to the service advisor talks to the parts to the service manager and nobody knew about that technical service bull nor they would have told him and that's yeah, it uh, didn't come out until uh, yeah. like a year and a half two years later yeah it was crazy well you think that's because the manufacturer they get these complaints from all over the country on a certain issue. That's when they'll, that, when, when they get to yes. a certain amount of complaints, I guess that's when they issue these TSBs. Yep. So maybe the, maybe talk, maybe they were dragging their feet on it, and they yep. they, were, they didn't want to, you know, they didn't feel like they wanted to issue it, and they waited, they waited and waited, and yep. then what happens is, like you said, you're out of your warranty, yep. and then you're out of luck. Exactly. That that, that happens, and... Uh, we have situations, and all car dealers have situations where we know there's a problem because we have so many customers that come in, and we call the manufacturer, and the manufacturer will tell you, well, this is the first complaint about this we've heard. Yeah. I mean, nobody... Right. I have one other question for <laughs> yeah. you, Earl, before I go, Yeah. Uh, and it's it's based on uh, originally what I was talking to you about the warranties. One of your competitors, up, uh, uh, Dev Smith up there above, that sells the same type of vehicle as you mm-hmm. is uh, advertising a lifetime warranty. How does he do that? It's a lifetime powertrain warranty. And I'll tell you something very interesting. Well, that's a great question. Uh, people value that highly. Uh, we did a survey uh, uh, at our dealership to find out what customers valued and different features and benefits to because we sell cars we want to know what's important to customers and the survey that we did found that our customers thought that the powertrain warranty was a very valuable thing to have the fact of the matter is the powertrain warranty is virtually worthless and you have a but people want it people value things higher and uh it's uh, it's a lack of not understanding what the powertrain is and the fact that powertrains do not fail if you maintain the car properly. Uh, if you don't maintain the car properly and you need the warranty, the warranty disallows the repair because you didn't maintain the gear. It's a catch-22. So uh, people think... Yeah. Well, he doesn't. When he does the commercials, though, he doesn't say that. He just he says he doesn't specifically say it's the powertrain. He says a lifetime warranty on the vehicle. It's in so the right way. away. You're thinking <laughs> it's it, in the fine know, print. It, it wouldn't come to your mind. It would be just limited to something that never fails. If you so that it, might be a setup for people. It's a little bit deceptive, I would say, wouldn't it, you? It's totally deceptive. But the, he does disclosure. But it's in the fine print. What you have to do is you have to have a high resolution 40k TV and a video cam and you have to stop and freeze frame the fine print and then blow it up and you will see he's talking about a powertrain warranty but uh it's it it is totally deceptive and a lot of people do the same thing anytime you see a warranty advertised on tv the fine print discloses the facts but nobody can read the fine print 
Well, I saw something else that was very unusual that I've never seen before, and it's the Mazda dealer down the street from you. Is If you buy a car from them or lease a car from them, they're offering a full car detail once a year. Hmm. I'm not quite sure what that involves, but I've never seen a car dealership offer that before. Other Some some of the car dealerships will offer you like a car wash, Yeah. but uh, this was a full car detail, which I guess they mean they're going to you know, wash it, wax it, do it inside and out once a year on your vehicle, which I thought that was different. I had never seen that before. Have you? Hey, I'd, I'd take them up on yeah. that. Yeah, it's not a, that's a lot better than a free lifetime <laughs> powertrain warranty. <laughs> yeah. Bob, thanks for the call. You're an yeah, extremely well-informed guy. I really would appreciate it if you could call back in again. Great conversation. Okay, have a great day, everyone. Have a great weekend. Stay in touch. Uh, Ann uh, sent me uh, a text, and she talks about why she considered uh, this coverage. She knew that she would be selling her car, uh, possibly to a third party, and that it having the manufacturer's coverage uh, extended warranty would increase the uh, resale value of her car. Would you agree? The extended warranty, uh, uh, it's possible. I mean, uh, if, if, if people think the extended warranty is valuable and it has that on the car when you sell it, it's worth a few more dollars. I yeah, mean, the resale uh, value depends, would be increased. Depends on the buyer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, ladies and gentlemen, every situation is, uh, well, unique. And uh, the, uh, the coverage will differ. Uh, but one covered, one covered repair can pay for the entire cost of that plan. So there's a whole lot to take into consideration. Your thoughts? Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, folks, I'm going to remind you again about this uh, new anonymous call line we have. It's uh, actually a click line where you could go to a link and you can input a question, a comment, criticism, a threat, whatever you want, anonymously. So you folks out there in the industry, car dealers, we know you're listening to us because we hear roundabout uh, most car dealerships are listening to us in South Florida because they know we do the mystery shopping and they're all waiting to see who the next target is. So you car folks out there, if you have something that you want to say to me, but you're afraid to call, here's an anonymous way to contact me. I'll never know who it was. It's simply www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Earl, do you have uh, Steve Ward's uh, text? He was inquiring about certified used cars versus uh, regular used cars. I do have that, and uh, it is another very good question. Certified cars, used cars, are only as good as the dealer that does the certification. Um, the certified, the manufacturer's certified cars exist not because the manufacturers love for car dealers to sell used cars, but because car dealers love to be able to sell new cars and they, can, they like to make a profit. So certified cars sold by a Buick dealer or a Honda dealer, Honda is selling a warranty to you on that certified car. Extended warranties, or a warranty, is sold to you with that certified car. 
that's where the manufacturers make the money and of course the dealer makes the money on the certified car too. Now, with that said, there is a check sheet. Certified cars have a certain amount of requirements that you have to check to see that the car is a good car. It might be 35, 40 points. Typically, in the typical car dealership, these cars are checked by the lowest price person in the dealership. Uh, you got some guy on minimum wage, and he goes over the car, and he checks it. And particularly, when you get the check sheet on the certified car thing, you'll see a line drawn through it. 35, checked them all. Now, I'm being a little facetious there, but if you find a dealer that is really conscientious and has really checked the car out and gone through all of the check sheet, then the car is a good car. He's checked everything that probably should have been checked on the car even if it weren't certified. So my advice on certified cars is still get it checked out by your own technician. If you're buying a used car, certified cars typically are a later model, higher priced, lower mileage anyway. Some of the certified cars are still under manufacturer's warranty. But choose the person, dealership, that you deal with carefully, and then the certification of that car isn't nearly as important. Uh, and even if you buy it from someone that you trust, have the car checked out anyway. Uh, certified cars exist because the manufacturers and the dealers like to sell you a certified warranty. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, uh, didn't we open up a can of worms here? Do you realize how long we've been talking about extended warranties? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> this is uh, this yeah. is an important topic, and yeah. like I said earlier, you know, every situation is unique, uh, but uh, it's uh, it's so important for you to do your homework before you decide on signing on the dotted line. Very, very important. Uh, one more question ab about extended warranties, and uh, when you're leasing a vehicle, there there isn't any uh, reason to consider an extended warranty would you uh, would you agree yes uh typical lease would be three years 36 but if you uh make the mistake of an extended lease 60 months or uh, 72 months uh leases uh, that it changed the whole picture yeah, it changes the picture uh in general as i said before extended warranties are a high profit item to the manufacturers and to the dealers. So you can use your own judgment. Um, if you want peace of mind and satisfaction, you want to sleep well at night knowing you're not going to have to pay for repairs and you have a comprehensive extended warranty, if it is comprehensive, it will be expensive and you want to pay it so you can sleep better at night, go ahead and buy it. My advice, find a good car. Go to Consumer Reports, find something with low maintenance cost, uh, low repair cost that'll last you a long time. Cars today are better than they've ever been. The reliability is amazing. Yeah, I agree. Cars today, uh, I've been a car dealer. I started selling cars in 1968. I mean, that was junk compared to what we have today. Yeah, today, a car can run 300,000, 400,000 miles. And if you pick that car out carefully, from uh, Consumer Reports a re recommendation, and you did all the factory recommended maintenance, you still got a good car. 30 years ago, at 50,000 miles, you were really taking a chance. At 100,000 miles, you're driving a pile of junk. Today, a 100,000 mile car can be a very good car. So do you want to buy that extended warranty? I don't think so. 
That's my humble opinion. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have discussed uh, extended warranty, and I want to let you know or remind you, if you've been listening, uh, that we do have the mystery shopping report coming up from Carl's Buick GMC and Stewart. And uh, I want to take a moment and thank all of you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars right here at the True Oldies channel. We appreciate you listening, you texting, and being part of the show, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. So keep those texts coming in. We'll try to get to all of them. And uh, remember, any question is worth the phone call to Earl Stewart on Cars. It's a minefield out there. Do your homework. Knowledge is power. Back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, I know I'm, you know, uh, repeating myself here, but I got so excited when I came up with this anonymous contact line, <laughs> and I just really want someone. I mean, I, I, I'm wondering why, for you know, ten plus years we were doing this show, and I always, I, I even goad the car, car dealers out there. I say. I've never been sued by any of you, and I'm saying all these bad things about you. And it must be because the perfect defense against libel and slander is the truth. So I'm telling the truth about you guys, and why don't you call and argue with me? And then I said, well, probably because it would be embarrassing for you to call me. But you must want to contact me. And I came up with this anonymous source resource, and I'm going to give it to you one more time. Maybe you just need to think about it. But it's www.youranonymousfeedback.com. I'll even spell it for you. Y-O-U-R. Anonymous is spelled A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. Feedback. F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Tell me what you think about Earl Stewart Cars. Tell me what you think about this show. Priceless information. Love to hear for it. You know, <clears throat> I'm going to go to a commercial right now. Okay. I'm going to take a commercial break while you car dealers think about my anonymous hotline. Look at it. And I'm going to hold up my book, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Now, before you get mad at me, I'm not selling the book to make money. I'm selling the book to make money for Big Dog Ranch Rescue. That's my favorite charity. 100% of the proceeds of Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer goes to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. That's a... Ah, uh, <laughs> I believe that was uh, Fido. Fido. But That's from our creative control room. Thank you very much. Big Dog Ranch Rescue <laughs> was founded by Lori Simmons, uh, an amazing woman uh, who has been doing this for a number of years. Uh, her, uh, well, her original Big Dog Ranch Rescue was uh, in Royal Palm and then was moved to Okeechobee Boulevard out in Loxahatchee. And we have a a large campus out there. It's about 30 acres, I think. And it's uh, right huge. off of... Right, it's huge. <laughs> uh, swimming pool, a lake. We don't keep the dogs in cages. We keep them in dormitory rooms. We call Spa. them bunk rooms. <laughs> and they have wallpaper, painted yeah. walls. Yeah. We have a, a vet, a full-time vet. We, we have... Uh, I mentioned the swimming pool. We have a lake. Uh, dogs don't want to leave. We have... We have, but we save dogs from all over Florida and outside the state. We're a no-kill shelter, so we keep dogs for sometimes years. And if you have a dog 
and you want another dog, we can take care of it. Uh, we, 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 unfortunately, sometimes people move to a home, to a rental situation or a condominium that doesn't allow dogs. People, for there's a lot of reasons they can't keep their dogs. We take their dogs, and we take any type of dog. We rehabilitate the dogs. Uh, they get all their shots, uh, heartworm, rabies. Uh, we check them out thoroughly. Uh, they're neutered. Uh, if the dog has a behavioral problem, we take care of that with our trainer. Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Now, you can buy Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer on Amazon. Go to Amazon.com, buy the book. Now, the book is good, too, by the way. It's just not, a, you know, it's not empty. we got a lot of stuff in here. And the, the book is a how-to-do-it manual on buying a car without being ripped off by your car dealer. So pretty much everything we do on this show and say is right here in this book. Leasing, buying, maintaining, and repairing. And we got a neat index in there. You go in there and you can find out what if you want to buy or lease, which partly to blame for car dealers' deceptive car pricing. Buy a car you can afford. Don't get shafted. Uh, caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. Buy or lease your car at the right time of year. These are all chapter heads at Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. 100% of the proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Thank you very much. A storm of information in that book. If you don't have it, you should. Uh, and how about Precious Pebbles? We have Pebbles that's uh, up for adoption right now. Mm -hmm. She came into the dealership this past week, and uh, we did a great video. And uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, go to Earl's Facebook page, and you'll see Pebbles up there. And uh, she is just about as sweet as she can be. Give us a call, ladies and gentlemen, at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And... Uh, I want to get to a text before we go any further. Excuse me, <clears throat> an email that I received uh, on uh, some guidance that a young lady needed. She wanted to know where the best place uh, was to go uh, for information and to purchase a, a vehicle. And uh, I'm going to give her a list, and you can confirm, um, Earl, True Car, Costco, Consumer Report. Those are all options for you to uh, get the best information and the best price for a car that you want to purchase, whether it's new or used or you want to lease. It's uh, all right there at your fingertips. As I said earlier, knowledge is power. 877-960-9960 or 772-497-6530. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, Mystery Shopping Report time will be coming up soon. And that is from Carl's Buick GMC from Stewart, Florida. Now back to the recovering car dealer. That report, by the way, we targeted uh, this particular dealer uh, on our Takata theme. And uh, that just made me remember a challenge, uh, whatever you want to call it, that I made to the politicians. Uh, this is political season again with the midterm elections coming up. And uh, we've talked about the fact that None of the politicians out there running have made an issue of the Takata recall. 
Now, if you've been on Mars for the past two years, you might not know about the Takata airbag recall, but it is the biggest recall ever known by mankind. Uh, huge, uh, the largest airbag manufacturer in the world, Takata, uh, was discovered to be uh, selling millions and millions of defective airbags. And of course, that's on millions and millions of cars uh, worldwide. Uh, these airbags can explode on impact or even without impact, sending shrapnel throughout the cockpit of the car, maiming, killing people in the cars, and it has done that. We, didn't, we don't even know how many have been killed because oftentimes uh, deadly accidents, uh, the, the actual cause wasn't known. It was assumed that the dead people, people were killed uh, from other re other reasons. Right. I mean, you have an impact at 75 miles an hour into another car. Uh, sometimes you don't know that the airbag shrapnel was the villain that caused the death. So it's a horrible situation. I said to the politicians national, nationwide in the state of Florida, I spe specifically mentioned uh, Bill Nelson and Rick Scott or anybody running for public office to call the show and say... You left out Pam Bondi. Yeah, Pam Bondi. <laughs> what is your position on the Takata airbag? Why do you allow car dealers in the state of Florida to sell a car with a defective Takata airbag or any dangerous recall? Why is it legal to sell a car with a defective part, being the airbag, that can explode and kill you? Why is it legal? Rick Scott, with a stroke of a pen, could issue an executive order today making it illegal in Florida to sell a car with a dangerous recall. So <clears throat> Rick Scott, or maybe people on his uh, advisory board, people on his campaign, of course he's running for Senate now, but your governor of the state of Florida now, Rick, uh, you want to try the anonymous feedback line? You're afraid to be live on radio and tell the truth about why you don't want to do that? The uh, anonymous contact number is youranonymousfeedback.com. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. So for Rick Scott, uh, Senator Bill Nelson, or any other politician running, here's my $1,000 challenge. I will donate $1,000 to your campaign if you will call the show. If you will call the show and tell us in the studio and tell the listening audience, about 20,000 folks out there, why you have not made an issue of the fact that Takata airbag cars are being sold in Florida as we speak. I'll give you a little hint. Our mystery shopping report, a car was sold, or would be would have been sold, with a defective airbag that does not have a fix. That's right. And this was perfectly legal for this dealer to sell the car with a dangerous recall to a person who happened to be our mystery shopper. Knowing that it had a defective airbag and knowing that there was no fix. So if a politician can tell me, call 877-960-9960. Anybody running for office, and I'll donate $1,000 to your campaign. 
888-900-9960. And we have a text number, 772-497-6530. And we've got an anonymous number. Anonymous. I love that idea you came up with. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Rick? You know, we're... That's not Rick Kearney, not Rick Scott. (laughs) No, no. Hey, if I were up in that office, I I would have done something by now. Because here's here's another aspect of this Dakota situation that it's occurring to me, but I wonder how many others are thinking of this. There have been confirmed cases of some of the oldest cars with Takata inflators. These are the cars that these inflators have been in the longest amount of time that they are exploding without an impact, without an airbag deployment. The inflator is literally exploding on its own. Happened twice in Florida. One was a Honda in the Tampa area. Each case that I've heard of have been Hondas, which were the first ones, 2002 to 2003, but now, how many other cars are getting into that age range? And, you know, that was when this whole thing got started. That's when all these huge numbers, you know, Takata airbags were showing up in all these other cars in greater increasing numbers as the years went by. Yeah. So how many of these cars now are reaching that age point in an exponential amount that now are becoming more dangerous to the point of which... You don't even need to be in an accident. You could be driving down the road, and suddenly it just explodes in your face for no reason. Yeah. Well, this is another sin of the auto manufacturers because uh, they have been putting in Takata airbags knowing that in the future these Takata airbags would become dangerous. Theoretically, a fresh Takata airbag with inflator, uh, you know, the ammonium nitrate is the accelerant, the explosive uh, powder or whatever it is inside the inflator. Uh, when it's brand new, theoretically it's not dangerous, but as Rick just said, that over time the uh, ammonium nitrate becomes unstable, deteriorates under high heat and humidity conditions. So a two-year-old uh, inflator is not dangerous. A 10-year-old is very dangerous. An 11-year-old is more dangerous. A 12-year-old is even more dangerous. And at some point, they become so unstable, they just blow up without even um, a collision. So the manufacturers also know, statistically, three out of four recalled cars never gets fixed. 75%. So when they sold that car yesterday and told the new car dealer, go ahead and sell it because it's safe, because it's not unstable now, they knew that 10 years from now, the chances are 75% that car will still be on the road. The further down the road you go and the older the car gets, the more owners that car has, it is highly unlikely you'll ever be able to find, locate that owner and contact him. And when you do, the fact of the matter is they're not very responsive to the recalls. Yep. So. It's a terrible situation. The politicians don't care. The regulators don't care. And uh, I'm getting myself worked up. I don't want to do that. Well, you should. Well, it's, we all should. It's just something that needs to be out there. And, and as a matter of fact, I'll throw my own little public service announcement out. Uh, starting today, this afternoon, I'm going to be doing training classes for Palm Beach County Fire Rescue and North Palm Beach Fire Rescue, where we're going to be teaching the first responders and firefighters 
a little more information on what they need to know when they're approaching hybrid cars and electric cars that have been involved in collisions. Mm -hmm. And part of my presentation that I put out is I have a full section about Takata airbags, letting them know some of the things they need to watch for and just airbags in general, hopefully helping these firefighters and first responders be a little safer in their jobs when they're approaching these cars that have been in collisions. Sure. Thank you so much, Rick. Uh, that is uh, priceless uh, information and safety uh, that uh, you do so well. And while I'm doing some thank you, uh, I want to, before the show's over, I want to thank uh, uh, Jonathan and uh, Gordon uh, for the fabulous job that they do week in and week out. And we wouldn't be able to do the show without them. Uh, a great asset to Earl Stewart on Cars. Thank you, guys. Uh, we are going to go to the Mystery Shopping Report, and that is from Carl's Buick GMC in Stewart. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, before I get into the Mystery Shopping Report, I would be remiss not to mention the number, of the I mean the website that you should go to. Uh, most of you folks out there right now probably uh, haven't checked to see if your car is safe. Very simple to do. And you can go to the NHTSA website, National Highway Traffic Safety Association. And that website is an easy one to remember. It's just safercar.gov. Safercar.gov. S-A-F-E-R-C-A-R dot G-O-V. Safercar.gov. And you put your VIN number in. It'll tell you if there's a recall and uh, if it's been fixed. It'll also tell you if there's a recall and it hasn't been fixed and there's not a fix available. And you'll hear more about that when I get into the mystery shopping report because there are a lot of cars out there that have been recalled. They don't have the parts available to do the repair, which is terrible. And Absolutely. The politicians sitting on their hands doing nothing about that. And uh, what a great uh, column that uh, Earl wrote. Uh, that was the week of July the 9th, and that uh, the the name of the uh, article that he, or excuse me, the column that he wrote was uh, Open Letter to All Florida Law Enforcement Officers. Ticket all vehicles with open safety recalls. So uh, go back in uh, and read that. It has a lot of information in it, and uh, it also has uh, the website that Earl mentioned, www.safercar.gov, and you can do that at Earl on Cars. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, let's get to the mystery shopping report. It was of Carl's Buick, GMC in Stewart, Florida. Uh, this week, we continue to focus on the Takata airbag recalls. Our last two mystery shops have focused on smaller, buy-here, pay-here used car lots. That's where a lot of these vehicles are being sold. The car dealers, the new car franchise dealers, at least in South Florida, for a large part, have been sending these airbag recalls to the auction. Some have not, as you will find today. But many of the car dealers, with the pressure, we like to think, with Earl Sturt on cars, and the publicity that we have made about this situation, they've been more likely to wholesale these cars. Now, that's kicking the can down the road, because when you wholesale a dangerous recall car, someone's going to buy it. And whoever buys it has got to be a car dealer because individuals aren't buying cars at auctions. It's car dealers. Then the car dealer is going to put the car on his lot and sell it. So we're finding that that's what's happening, and a lot of these are ending up in independent car dealer lots, particularly the buy here, pay here lots. Um, 
The uh, aptly named Carl's Buick GMC is owned by Carl Fisher. Carl started as a car dealer in Michigan in 1979. He moved to Florida in 1999 to escape the harsh northern winters and purchased what is now known as Carl's Buick GMC. According to their website, Carl is hands-on, owner available at any time to any customer. Well, that's interesting. Let's find out whether an operational and a hands-on owner would be willing to sell a vehicle with an unfixed and potentially dangerous safety recall. Here's a little background on Takata. Right now, there are millions of vehicles in the United States affected by an extremely dangerous safety defect in their airbag systems, specifically the part of the airbag assembly known as the inflator, a component manufactured by a company called Takata. It's been sold in bankruptcy. A new manufacturer now is bu building those airbags. The inflator is supposed to do what its name implies, inflate the airbag, blow up the airbag when the vehicle gets into certain types of collisions. The Takata inflators do a little bit more, unfortunately. The propellant used in these Takata inflators can degrade over time, especially in humid and hot climates like Florida, causing it to explode much more forcefully than it was designed to. This can cause its metal housing to turn into razor-sharp fragments, basically shrapnel, that can maim and kill the occupants to the vehicle, and it has, unfortunately. New vehicle manufacturers have issued recalls to repair this defect, but the extent of the problem is so massive, there is no way for replacement bars to be made at a sufficient rate to fix them all. So these replacement bars are simply not available, leaving millions, you heard me right, millions of drivers without a remedy and at risk for a life-threatening disaster. There are also millions of these affected uh, vehicles currently being offered for sale by car dealers and independent sellers. This is the real problem, and as you know from this show, and this every time I say this, I, <clears throat> I choke on my words, there is no law that prevents anyone from selling these cars. Rick? From the last report that I read, there were over a hundred million cars worldwide, and that number is increasing because more cars are being found that have these deadly inflators already installed in them. So th this is not a problem that yeah. is getting smaller. It's getting bigger. Yeah. And car dealers are free to sell these death traps with no disclosure. Uh, there can only one be one reason for this, and I know this is speculation, and people would say I'm speculating. It's got to be economics. And I think that the manufacturers are scared to death that if they froze the sale of all cars with uh, Takata airbag or dangerous recalls, if they froze the sale, said it is illegal to sell cars worldwide, you heard the number Rick just threw out there, 100 million and growing. Freezing the sale of 100 million cars would uh, devastate a lot of car manufacturers, car dealerships, and all the suppliers. Automotive is a huge part of the world economy. And I think it's, a, it's just a sad fact that this economic impact is so great that it is trumping human life and injury. Exactly. And uh, I can't think of another reason. The lobbyists 
for the manufacturers and the dealers have pressured the regulators and the legislators into standing still. And that's the reason my challenge to these uh, politicians out there is left unaccepted. The reason, I, when you offer do, donate $1,000 to a politician, all he has to do is call the show. Why are you afraid to call the show? I think because you're afraid of the lobbyists. Money, um, money, money. Let me get on with the uh, report you, here. Okay, here's our mystery shopping report. Sadly, it took only a quick scan of Carl's Buick GMC's pre-owned inventory to find a target vehicle affected with a Targata recall. A 2011 GMC Sierra pickup. Now, 2011, that car is seven years old. That car is extremely dangerous. They start to get dangerous when they're four to five years old. This car is seven years old. Truck, seven years old. According to safercar.gov website, this truck has a defective front passenger airbag and currently no remedy is available. No fix. They don't have an inflator. They don't have an airbag to fix this. Now, the car was built in 2011, and they don't have another airbag to fix this. Sad, sad uh, situation. Another reason why this airbag inflator is not available is because General Motors doesn't want to pay the extra money to get an airbag. I mean, let's face it. If they wanted to pay the money, somebody would make that airbag inflator to fix it. But they don't have to, and they don't do it. So here we have found a car with a defective airbag for sale at Carl's Buick GMC in Stewart with an air defective airbag that is irreplaceable. You can't fix the car. Uh, we verified this also through Carfax. So we did it through safercar.gov, NHTSA, and Carfax. Agent X was sent the listing and given his orders. Our mystery shopper, Agent X. He called Carl's, Carl's Buick GMC to confirm the truck was available for sale and made an appointment to go see it. Speaking in the first person, as the mystery shopper, I arrived at the dealership and was approached by three salesmen before getting out of the car. I asked to speak with John, the person with whom I'd made an appointment to see the truck. John quickly arrived and announced in a friendly manner that he had the truck pulled up front and ready to show. As we were walking around the truck and checking under the hood, I asked the first of the standard three questions we use on all of our Takata shops. Are there any mechanical issues I should know about? I asked John. John confidently responded that the truck was mechanically sound. Now, that's not a true statement, is it? I mean, if you have an airbag component that uh, hasn't been fixed and can't be fixed, that's not mechanically sound. So that's not true. I suggested that we take the truck for a test drive. It was then I noticed that the power driver's seat wasn't properly working, so much for the truck being mechanically sound. John said he'd get that checked out. I took this as an opportunity to ask the second the three questions. Has this vehicle ever been in an accident? Perhaps this malfunction, malfunction was a result of a previous accident. And he replied that he would pull up the Carfax when we got back to the dealership. Well, if he hadn't pulled the Carfax, why would they have the vehicle on the lot for sale? You'd think that our responsible dealer 
selling cars would pull the Carfax before they offered the car for sale. Upon our return, John went to the close. I told him that I'd be paying cash for the vehicle from a recent settlement. He replied, wonderful. I'll get you a purchase order so we can review the figures. He came back with a worksheet that had the truck priced at the online price of $23,000. In addition to the legitimate sales tax and license fees they added, their $699 dealer fee, I don't get the surprise anymore. All dealers charge this. And then a little extra, $84, another little dealer fee. He called it an e-filing fee. Rick? I am surprised. There's only two dealer fees there. <laughs> that That is surprising. There's only two. Yeah. Usually the dealer fees are higher and there are more. Yeah. But dealer fees are yeah, SOP. Yeah, small price to pay for yeah. a death trap. <laughs> I said the numbers look good, but I need a little more info before moving forward. I then asked the third of the three questions, are there any safety issues that I should know about? This prompted John to review with me the Carfax he had earlier promised. The vehicle's history showed two accidents from 2014. As he continued to review the Carfax, he came across the reporting of the Takata airbag recall. Whoops! It specified on the report that the remedy fix was not yet available. I expressed concern at this disturbing news, but John didn't seem discouraged. I mean, he wasn't buying the car. Why should he worry? Correct. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, in, in, in the test drive, he was to the passenger seat. You know, if I'd have been John, I'd have been worried. But anyway, John, John wasn't concerned. He simply said that they would be happy to fix the airbag at no charge as soon as the remedy was made available. Now, the Takata airbag recall came out in two, th two years ago. It hasn't. The remedy hasn't been available now for two years. It might be another two years before the remedy is available, and that's that's a sad fact. <clears throat> we do know that there are cars with uh, without the remedy available, and they don't know when the remedy would be available. And this is one of those vehicles. Uh, notice, noticing my confused concern, he even offered to fix a broken power seat at no cost if that would close the deal. Apparently, there is uh, no problem with Carl's or with John, the dealer selling us this vehicle. Now, kind of shocking to me, uh, in addition to the fact the nonchalance of the salesperson, also the fact that this is supposed to be a hands-on dealer, uh, that is there and present and aware of what's going on. Also, that this is a GMC dealer. So this is his product. He has full control over that. He not only knows from Carfax, but he should know from General Motors that this car has a recall. And he also should know from General Motors, because he's a General Motors dealer, this car can't be fixed. Why is the car being sold on his lot? And, of course, the final question, uh, the, the big question, why is it legal for him to do so? I guess the answer is he's selling it because it's not illegal. And that's what tens of thousands of dealers all over the world are doing now, selling these cars that are dangerous because it's not illegal, because they can. Hard to believe. Very. Any about there, anyone out there is outraged as I am, and Rick and Nancy... And not Rick Scott, Rick Kearney. Rick Scott doesn't care. But uh, if you are, give us a call. We still have a couple of minutes yet and, left. 
And remember, ladies and gentlemen, you too can uh, vote on the Mystery Shopping Report. Uh, your input is very important to us. Uh, do you agree or disagree that, uh, you know, maybe there should be more money spent on education, uh, money uh, just uh, re-educating uh, the consumer? Or let's take it a step further. Uh, these, well, experts that are selling vehicles, uh, are they experts? Uh, it doesn't sound like it to me because you're supposed to know your product. That's very important, especially whenever you're putting someone behind a wheel of a death trap. 877-960-9960, or you can text us. You can text us with your thoughts and your reading on this mystery shopping report from Carl's Buick in Stewart, Florida, 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Let me try a different tack now. I'm, I'm talking to the politicians out there. I know a lot of people support politicians. Uh, what what about some folks out there that are supporting Bill Nelson? What about people that are supporting Rick Scott? John Green is another uh, person running for governor. What about, you, you all have political candidates now. We're being deluged on TV and every other uh, media forum with you know, political ads, and I know a lot of people, I see on Facebook a lot of people talking about their candidates. If you have a candidate, call the show and tell us why your candidate hasn't taken a position. Or, if your candidate has taken a position, let us know what your candidate's position is. Maybe they're too busy, I can understand it. They got, you know, they're not watching Earl Sterling cars. They might not even know that we're challenging them. But you folks out there, I've got a lot of Facebook friends. Uh, Nancy has a lot of Facebook friends. Rick has got a lot of Facebook friends. Anybody out there, our Facebook friends, your candidates, call the show and say, do you know what your candidate's position is on making Takata airbags illegal to sell? And defective airbags, illegal to sell in cars. It's that time of year for you to uh, approach these candidates and uh, just find out how they feel about it. I have a vote that came in on our mystery shopping report from Linda F. All the way around. Okay, which reminds me, we haven't voted. Uh, now let me remind you also, because <clears throat> we can't let a motion jump into these votes. Uh, and we have to vote on the curve because if we voted in absolute, if we voted in absolute terms as to what an A, B, C, D is, we wouldn't have anybody pass the test yeah. because we think certain things like bait and switch advertising, dealer fees, uh, uh, lack of transparency, and a lot of other things that car dealers and South Florida do are bad. But we have a public service here to provide you with the better dealers and the worst dealers. And so we have to go, you know, grade on the curve. So when we grade on Carl's, Buick, GMC, and Stewart, is, is he in the top, is he passing would be the top 30 percentile. So if, there's, if he does, F is 70 and below, is that right? So in the top 30 percentile, does he pass? Or is he in the is he in the bottom seventy percent? Uh, Brick, you want to start it out? Yeah, I'm gonna go with a D 
as in a just barely passing. Um, they did present the Carfax. However, I noticed that the salesman did not point out the Takata airbag. Agent X had to do that. Uh, they didn't really volunteer much of anything. And, you know, the vehicle really wasn't mechanically sound, like he said, with the seat not working and with the airbag. So yeah. I'm going to say a D around, solid D for him. Barely passing. If you're in that area and you are looking at a vehicle in that dealership, they, you know, just keep your eyes open. Let me read a text here before we get Nancy's score. <clears throat> uh, uh, Jeff called in from West Palm, and his question is, if a dealership sells you an airbag recall car and they knew about it and it caused you bodily harm, can they be held responsible for legal action taken? Ooh. That's a great question. And uh, uh, there is a, there, this is another a mind-boggling fact, the Federal Trade Commission says it is illegal to sell a dangerous product. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Mm. That's almost from English common law. As far back as laws go, it's illegal for a person to sell you something with that can kill you or hurt you. So I would think, and I'm not a lawyer. If we have any lawyers out there, you can call in and correct me. But I think there would be liability on the part of the car dealer to knowingly sell you, especially if he concealed it. Now, mm. if you knew about it and you said, I want to buy it anyway... That would be another issue. But if you concealed it, I would think that these dealers would have a serious liability. Nancy, let's uh, get a score from you on Carl's Buick GMC. Uh, John gets an F. John's supposed to know his product. And uh, Carl's Buick gets a D. Yeah, I'm going to go with a D, too. It breaks my heart not to fail them because, uh, as I say, we're great on the curve. Uh, we're going to pass them uh, uh, with a barely passing grade, and uh, I just don't think that uh, I just don't think that this should be allowed. And I I hope all the folks out there listening that are afraid to call in will think about it a little bit longer before they continue on with Rick. Well, ho hopefully this will serve to keep you know the the tell them to get their eyes open you know do your yeah, homework yeah. and look at so, these cars and ask for the carfax and read the carfax right there in front of the salesperson don't just take their word for it mm -hmm. that there's nothing on there that you need to worry about check over everything you know do your homework as you're even yet, right there in front of or safercar.gov www.safercar.gov every time i give that um, uh, url out every time i give that website out i think maybe i'm saving somebody's life uh, www.safercar.gov yeah. if you're thinking about buying a car uh, if you've already bought a car if you just don't remember uh, when you bought the car whether anything was said you really need to know if your car has been recalled remember this is not just safercar.gov tells you about all recalls uh, airbags are just one of many recalls mm -hmm. that are out there yeah. and uh, if I were trying to sell a car I would want to know about recalls before i sold the car a great source of information and remember it's free if you have a problem with a car you don't have to pay a nickel you take it in the manufacturer has to pay the cost of the repair ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in to earl stewart on cars right here at the true oldies channel and we will be back next week have a great weekend thank you everyone Ready?